You're listening to the Tommy Experience Podcast. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tommy Experience, episode 33 now. If you're listening for the 33rd time, thank you. If you're listening for the first time, thank you. Whatever, like, subscribe, all that stuff. We're doing old school today. I have no plans whatsoever. Pat Moyarty is back. Hello, Pat. Hello, Tommy. There's when no... you said old, when you said old, I figured you were looking at me. Nope. No. Nope. You're not Thank old. You. You're Thank wise you. beyond your years. <laughs> etc. Never been et called wise. <laughs> um, yeah. We're gonna do it like we used to do it. You used to be here and we used to do it every time. And we're going to do it again. We haven't talked, Pat, in a very long time. I was going to say, we haven't seen each other probably since last fall. Oh, probably a wedding in Southern Illinois. Yes, yes. When uh, Griffin got married, mm-hmm. co-host of the Tandem Draft. Um, mm-hmm. Pat, how the hell are you? What you doing? I'm well. Um, not much. Waiting for baseball, but I guess we're not going to end baseball. I'm really disappointed in that but uh besides that not a lot and yourself um wow i mean doing all kinds of things and stuff in the same area i uh, really in honesty not a lot going on but you know planning a wedding hosting hosting shows and stuff whatnot but it's fun having a good time well Um, yeah listen to your live stream yes yeah. And, uh, that's been interesting. Yeah. I like, how, I like how you can have guests. Yeah. My, my suggestion for you is please, if you don't mind suggestions, I mean, we got, we got all day opening day of baseball season Cubs game. You should do it. And what you should do is you should do it like Eli and Peyton and you should have guests come in like one Don Irby could come in for a yeah. couple innings. Maybe Larry Eldred. I think Don Irby would be the last person I would ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that's not true. Um, but that is uh, in the works. Mm-hmm. There are some things that will be changing and some things that will be combined and such. And uh, it will be surrounding the baseball season. But in order for that to happen, we do indeed need a baseball season to talk about and games to be played. And right now, that is looking bleak. And we need guys on the team. Need guys on the team, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, every position is open for, mm-hmm. for conversation, uh, particularly the third base position and maybe some outfield and maybe some first base. Uh, mm-hmm. If you know anybody on the free agent market that can play really anywhere and bat anywhere in the lineup, uh, mm-hmm. just let me know, and maybe we can we can talk to the Cubs about that. Did... um. Chris Bryant signed with oh, Seattle yet? Yeah, you know what? He is available. Oh, he is still available. He yeah. didn't sign with Seattle. Okay, um, so, yeah. you know, they, they might want to give him a call. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll call Chris Bryant. And, you know, uh, another name that's out there just off the top of my head, Anthony Rizzo, he's available. I don't oh, know. I don't know. He, he's a free agent, too. Okay, yeah. I don't know. You would think that the third biggest baseball market in America would have some money to spend. So you would you would think so, and you know what they're going to need. From what I'm hearing, is they're going to need a designated hitter. How do you feel about that, Pat? It takes a lot of strategy away. I I've enjoyed 
the two leagues having, you know, the American League having the designated hitter and the National League not. I, I just I think the strategy is great, and then it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna. I'm not gonna say ruin it because that's too harsh, but I think it's gonna impact it. Um, it's not going to impact it as, as much as stupid things like, Hey, let's start it with a guy at second base Yes, or, or let's play seven inning double headers. I do believe those are not, I, I don't know about the seven inning double headers, but mm-hmm. I do know that the man on second and the 10th is gone. That's not okay. happening. If I had to sacrifice the pitcher's batting for that to be gone, then so be it. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. We'll never be able to to see a John Lester hit his first career home run or mm-hmm. Bartolo Colon when he did it. That was funny. All those and, fun moments and sacrifice bunting and oh and, yeah. But when you have good hitting pitchers like Jake Arrieta was a good hitting pitcher. Jake Greg Arrieta. Max was a good hitting pitcher. Back it's in the day, the Mike Hampton. It's their benefit exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I. I guess it does take a little more to learn, like to take care of your arm and, and learn how to pitch and stuff to where you have to focus on that more so than batting. Mm-hmm. But I could also make the argument that the other eight guys also have to play a position and learn how to bat. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I could go either way. I understand or- it, whatever. But it, it the good it does is like old veteran guys like Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, who can't run that much anymore, can still play baseball, which so is cool. Con- conceivably, the California Angels will be forced to put their second-best hitter on the bench when he pitches. He does play a little bit of outfield, I think. No, I'm saying when he's pitching, though. Oh. If they, if they force the DH. they Well, I believe the DH is optional. At oh, the end of the optional. day, because they have wow. the Angels have had him uh, pitching, okay. or uh, pitching and hitting at the same okay. time. They, that has happened. Uh, okay, so I do believe it's optional, but obviously Shohei Otani's don't grow on trees, mm-hmm. so they so not everybody has one, or mm-hmm. will anybody else has one right now? So uh, I'm sure Joe Madden probably has the luxury of asking him, like, do you mind hitting today, or do you want to hit today when you're pitching? And then he can he can hit on his off days, which is something that other pitchers can't do. Now, do you remember the game? There was a Cubs game like two years ago. No, maybe about five years ago. Was it Travis Wood was pitching? Yeah, they took him in the playoffs. They put him in left field, and the guy hit it to the track, and he caught that ball off the wall, like he hit his head off the bricks, off the bricks, and then he came back in and pitched, and then he hit a home run. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, yeah. Awesome. It was, yeah. And so Legendary you're going to lose things like that. Yeah. Little quirks and stuff like that, which make baseball super fun for old heads like you and me that like the way uh-huh. that the game was played when Uncle Larry was eight years old. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's going to affect us, but I guess they're trying to get more eyes on the sport and make it more fun to watch. But another aspect of that is billionaires sharing some of their billionaire money with the millionaire players so we can watch baseball. Yeah, billionaires and millionaires fighting. And then me just wondering if I'm going to ever be able to watch again. They, I, I'm very happy and proud of the players for sticking to their guns because they mm. do deserve what they're asking for. 
mm-hmm. but the but the owner's like not doing the negotiating. Like no. for, I talk I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's like the the players are asking for twenty dollars and the owners are offering one, and then the players come mm-hmm. back and say, Okay, what if we take sixteen? And they said, Okay, but how about if you just take one? Yeah. And then they're, so they're okay, we'll budging. go Yeah. And then the players are like, Okay, we'll go twelve dollars and the and the owners are like, I'm thinking one. So like they're not yeah, they're not negotiating, which they, they are don't get the whole idea of collective bargaining. They don't get negotiation like you right. just said. Yeah. And, it's a shame. Yeah. And I do like the represented like the player representatives. Like Ian Happ is the guy for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer is is down there and he's like apparently yelling at all of them, which is awesome. I've always liked yeah. Max Scherzer. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And there's some owners that are down there. Of course, Tom Ricketts is not one of them because uh, if I think of anybody that hates baseball as much as Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, Tom Ricketts is very high up on that list. So what they should do is they should say, okay, you have two rooms. You can go into the room with the players and negotiate, or you have to go into this room with Ronnie Woo Woo and, <laughs> So you make the choice. Yeah. Yikes. Hey, Ron Kittle was on the radio today. I heard I heard he was on local radio. He like Ron. Yeah, he uh he like has a wood shop and he makes yeah. these benches out of, out of bats. Yeah, I've heard that. And sells them and like he said I only make like 20 bucks off of them, but it's it's a fun thing. I I enjoy doing it. I also heard a story that one time or his his Twitter handle is naked bike rider and they yeah and they asked him about that so it was one year uh he was i think it was involved with moving his daughter into college i don't i don't know but uh somebody uh said that they would give him a certain amount of money if he rode a motorcycle down i-65 naked and he did it you don't want to get a road rash yeah and they just uh, yeah and then the uh, he, they just asked him not to do that again. Like he didn't get a ticket or anything. They just said, don't do that again. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I saw him hit the highest home run I ever saw. He, I was at a game once at old Comiskey and the outfield used to have a uh, roof on it and not many people would hit it on the roof, but him and Greg Luzinski could. And I was at a game once first inning, he hits one on the roof. It was incredible. Yeah. There are a few guys that I could think that would be able to do that. Like, him, those two guys, hmm. Cecil Fielder. Oh yeah, he seems like a guy that would be able to do that. Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, maybe. I also saw Reggie Jackson once at Old Comiskey, and and uh, I was in the right, I was in left field bleachers. He was playing uh, left field, and people were throwing change at him, like because he had just signed like a big million dollar contract. So people thought, oh, well, it'll be funny. Let's throw change up. You know what he was doing? He was picking it up and putting it in his pocket. <laughs> Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. I I wish I could have gone to old Comiskey. And I old wish Comiskey. I could the one that was just I'll never be able to and I'm sad is Tiger Stadium. That's the one stadium I wish I could have gone to. I never got to um, Tiger Stadium. I wish I would have gone. Um, old Comiskey was, it was like, it was a nighttime ballpark. You go to Wrigley during the day and you go to Old Comiskey at night. And towards the end there, they weren't keeping it up because they wanted a new stadium. Right. But they had these bullpen bars. I think they have them now at the new Comiskey or whatever they call it these days. But you would 
you could go sit out there during the game. Oh my gosh. And there was a, there was a lot of drinking out there. Are you talking about the ones that are like, like it's like a chain link fence in the it's wall built okay. into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and dad like, sat there and he was yelling at somebody. Yeah. You remember that well, story? Yeah. Well, we would go, we'd go there and we'd sit down there and, and the players would come back right to the fence and you know, you could be yelling at them. Yeah. So your dad was yelling at someone. Yeah. Huh? I don't, yeah. I don't remember who, but one year, hmm. Uh, I came back up here with all of mine and grandpa's baseball cards oh. and uh, Uncle Larry and I, that was the Christmas. He, he and I were just going through baseball cards all day. I think you gave us a few packs to okay, open. Yeah, Remember think, that? And yeah. we were going through them and then dad told us that story. And then we went through and we found, I don't remember the guy's name, but Uncle Larry found like six of his cards. And we FaceTimed dad and we were like, is this your guy? He was like, that's the guy. <laughs> you also, you know, when you have him on as a guest host someday, you'll have to um, have him tell his story about catching the home run balls. Yeah. And um, yeah. At, twin, at, at the, the Metrodome. Uh, Metrodome. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet to have <laughs> Don Irby on the airwaves. He's dangerous enough without a microphone. That's true. Put a That's microphone true. in his mouth or near his mouth and things could he's go one, awry really fast. He's one of the funniest guys I know. So yeah, it's, you'll have to do it in, in your time in, in you know, your time frame. Yeah. I'll wait until I have a bigger platform and then he can <laughs> say something can to cover. get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So we talked about rule changes in baseball, the DH thing. I got mm-hmm. one for you. You ready for this? All right. Basketball. Now, I know that's not our top topic of okay. conversation, but I, I, I'm almost positive you did not watch any of the All-Star festivities this past weekend. You, you know what I'm upset I missed was the 75th anniversary team. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when they did the 50th. but uh... Yeah, it was the 75 best players in the NBA, okay. and Michael was late. Because because uh, he owns a NASCAR team. He was at the Daytona 500. So oh, I had so to, fly to fly from in. Daytona to Cleveland to be part of it. And he showed up at halftime. Like, perfect Michael, you know? Like, getting, mm. his, getting his spotlight. It was cool. I, I didn't watch any of it. But I saw, like, the highlights and stuff of him joking around with Magic Johnson. Like he called Magic Johnson an old head and said that he and like, they could go one-on-one and like, go get your shoes. Let's play one-on-one right now. Like Mike, to be honest with you, I would rather watch those two old guys play one-on-one than watch that all-star game. Yeah. Honestly, but here's what they did at the all-star game. Okay. Uh, the last quarter of the all-star game, they had a certain target score to get to. And so at the end of the game, it was, let's say this team had 130 points and, or at the end of third quarter, this team had 130 points. This team had 126 points. They said, okay, the first one to get to 150 is the winner of the game. Oh, and so obviously you're still, yeah. So obviously you're still down six. It's like school ball, you know, like first Mm -hmm. one to 21 or whatever. Yeah. So now the conversation is, well, what if they actually did this in the NBA or in college at the end of games instead of, you know, all those fouls that yeah. like the last three or four minutes of a basketball game takes 
almost a half hour. If you, if you just cut it off. So, so in basketball, it's 12 minute quarters. Let's say they play nine minutes and then whatever the, like, let's say the bulls are up like one, one ten to one Oh five. Okay. First one to one twenty. So the other team does have a chance to come back. So there's no more overtime. But so both teams will touch the ball. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There's no overtime, but the first okay. one to get to the score wins. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, back in the day, I don't, do you know who Digger Phelps is? I he's, do. He, he used to be an know, analyst on ESPN. I don't. He might still be. I don't know. He he's famous for two things. He was a, well, three things: being an analyst, but he was a coach in University of Notre Dame. And then he was Jamie Moyer's father-in-law. Um, I don't know why I threw that in there, but, he was <laughs> but so he, when he was coaching, there was no shot clock. So he would do a stall. So they would play like the Paul against Ray Meyer, who was a great coach. And the Paul would run a gun and they would come down and score in three seconds. Notre Dame would hold on the ball for like three or four minutes till they yeah. got a shot. And the, the halftime scores would be like 12, to, to nine or something like yeah. that. So, so that's so, where the shot clock came about. I think that's one reason it came about because the shot clock came about prior to in the pros prior to the, um, the college, but yeah. yeah, they, they, they needed it. And then the three point also, yeah, you probably, you probably don't remember prior to the three point. Yeah. I wasn't around for that. Um, yeah. but I do know that it, it did happen, mm-hmm. but that's an interesting way to end the game though. Right. Oh yeah, that would be people, great. Yeah. There's a like the the big three tournament that they do. Like that I think Ice Cube is the guy that oh, heads that up. He, like three on three? Yeah, yeah. That's that's how they do their format too. Is hmm. at the end of the game, it's like who like ten more points for the team that's winning. And both teams have a chance to win. That's interesting. Yeah. I think all overtimes need a little tweaking. I think baseball needs to go back. I, I, is hockey still doing it where they take a guy off the ice? Hockey is doing, I, I think it's five minutes of three on three hockey. It may not yeah. even be five minutes. It's three on three. And then if still nobody scores during that time, then they go to a shootout. Okay. Yeah. I, then, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that because, you know, you play one way and then also you got to play a different way. Yeah. I think they do the three on three because there's less men on the ice. So there's like more of an opportunity for one guy to screw up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, it scores do, do generally happen. There are way less shootouts mm-hmm. um, with yeah. that. But well, that's true. Yeah. So I don't know, like baseball, I think if you just want to win, you just got to score more runs than the other team. I think exactly. there's no and- clock or anything in baseball. You can't just do like a home run derby to, to, determine the winner uh, i think yeah, you just got to yeah. play the game out and just accept that it might take a while yeah and, and if you, you don't want it to take a while then win the freaking game get better pitching get better hitting yeah, yeah. that that's exactly and baseball is not meant to be on clocks it's not you don't need to hurry the game it's going to take a little while they've introduced commercials during games like it'll be like between pitches or commercials yeah. so they've got ways to get their advertisement in there I, you know, they want to get to, you know, another rerun of um, the Big Bang Theory or something like that. So Yeah, they're know, just they, in a hurry to to move on to yeah. the next thing. It's like, what? Yeah. Nobody cares. Like, it's uh-huh. 10 o'clock. We're going to bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, 
hey, the West Coast games, they'll stay on until like one o'clock in the morning. We stay up and watch them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The the only thing I have, like the fall leagues and stuff, they've instituted a pitch clock. So like the pitcher has to get a pitch off in a certain amount of time. Okay. I don't mind that. Like if 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 you're making a pitcher like do something, like attempt to throw or something in like 30 seconds or something. I'm fine so, with that. I'm sick of my, the players like stepping out and redoing all their stuff and stepping back in. And I think that takes forever. Here's my point. I think I, if we're going to institute like a clock like that, we need to institute it in the minor leagues and do it for a few years before you do it in the majors, because the guys in the major leagues are already know what they're doing. They're already in their routines. Yeah. If you start them when they're young, they will, and then when you they get to the majors, they wouldn't even need a play clock because in the minors and in college and high school, they they learn to pitch fast. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, and in college right now, uh, University of Vanderbilt in Tennessee and Nashville, mm-hmm. they okay. uh, have watches, and the coach is putting the the like the pitch there he's calling the pitches on the watches no kidding and everybody on the team is wearing them mm-hmm. so they know so then the players in the field can even look at it and yes. say okay here comes a yeah fastball how do you feel about that i have no problem with that um i have a feeling the houston astros are already trying <laughs> to figure out how to hack into those watches but um that there's that aspect of it mm-hmm. and we're just taking out the human element uh-huh. Like yeah. a guy missing a sign and throwing the wrong pitch, and then yeah. somebody hitting a bomb off of him. He could still look at the. You could look at it and you read it wrong too. So you know that you're going to still have the human element. Yeah, we true. got rid of. Hey, if you want to walk a guy, just walk to first base. You know. I miss that. I have no problem. Yeah, I, I I have no problem. You know, yeah. with with that. Um, college. I, I might start watching a little college baseball once it really gears up. Yeah. Uh, Pat, did you think Barry Bond should have been in the Hall of Fame? No. Okay. Um, do you want to get into that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, um, a couple, two reasons. Well, first of all, you know, there's a there's a dark cloud over that era, yeah. and yeah. it's pretty obvious. The guys, I think they need to wait a little. Maybe the Veterans Committee puts them in. Um, I, I, I think it's the most they can be punished. Maybe the veterans committee puts them in. So I think the veterans he, committee is going to like, I think it's going to be a sweep. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be unanimous in the veterans committee. Yeah. I, I would think that I wish they would have to wait a couple of years just to make them sweat it out. And then we look at Pete Rose, Pete Rose kind of stupid for what he did. He gambled. But now you go to Wrigley Field. There's gambling at Wrigley Field. There's they're gonna building, be gambling. Yeah, they're building a sports book at Wrigley. They're going to be gambling all over, and yet Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, I, I think that I think there needs to be a little more equity. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, I think Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. I have changed my tune over the last few months, and I think that Barry Bonds also should be in the Hall of Fame because. He is part of the story of baseball. You can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. And I know that the way he went about it was pretty bad. But if you look at his stats too, before he became a, a, just a monster, 
He was a little mm-hmm. twig, and he probably could have been in the Hall of Fame with those stats too. Probably, yeah. Uh, well, he he got jealous because McGuire and Sosa had their little. Uh, yeah. Was it ninety eight? Yeah. Which so. which again, that, that's that's a very important story in baseball. Is the summer mm-hmm. of ninety eight? They did a whole documentary about it. It made baseball cool again. Those yeah. guys saved baseball. Well, what about Shoeless Joe? You know what I mean? Terrible yeah, person. Guys. He's in the Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb, terrible person. He's in the Hall uh, of Fame. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, I have no problem with them waiting a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You made Pete Rose wait. You know, when are we going to forgive him a little bit? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, 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 thought, don't think, I thought they I were going to make him wait the first nine ballots and then put him in on the last one. Mm-hmm. I was. No, I he wasn't was, even a, he wasn't even on the ballot. Oh, are you talking? Uh, I'm um, talking bonds. And, bonds. Yeah, okay. I'm talking bonds. I I was shocked that they didn't put him in this time. Like I mm. thought they were gonna wait nine, be like, okay, you get it, and like here it is. But yeah. <laughs> also, David Ortiz getting in on the first ballot. It, See there, there you go. There's another one with some mm-hmm. with some juicing problems. He gets in mm-hmm. on the first ballot. Yeah. And, and do those inflated numbers make the guy's priors numbers look nice? He's, yeah. He only hit, that guy only hit 300 home runs, but he hit more home runs than, like, you know, I'm just an example. Some guy might have only hit 300 home runs, but he hit more home runs than, than anyone else in his position for a decade. Yeah. Even yeah. though he only hit 300, 300 home right. runs. Right. Yeah. I mean, because those guys were hitting so many. Yeah, Chipper hit 468, but he bat he was batting 300 from both sides of the plate. So exactly, that's right Mickey there. Mantle territory, and Mickey mm-hmm. Mantle was like incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But so yeah, I think eventually I would like to see him in there, but I don't mind them waiting a while. Just I don't know if that's unselfish yeah. or what. Well, but. you were at the Baseball Hall of Fame this past summer. Like, what were there were there things? That had that were there Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa things. So when they say they're not in the Hall of Fame, they're not in the plaque area. There's not a plaque for them. Yeah, they're everywhere else. There's a museum. Part of the Hall of Fame is a museum, and it's probably nine tenths of it. And then you go into the plaque area, and they are all well represented. They had a thing about McGuire and Sosa. You know, there was an exhibit about that race and and. You know, and they t- also talked about the possibility of cheating and stuff like that. And then there were there were things about people that cheat. Pete Rose is in the memorabilia is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pete Rose and that and that town, Pete Rose is probably the most popular person to come in to sign autographs during the Hall of Fame week. Definitely. So. Yeah. And like they they're all over the place. You can just can't put a little plaque for them, like to be mm-hmm. voted into the Hall of Fame. Even if you have to put a little thing that says this this player played in an era in which steroids were live and blah, 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 or whatever. Do that. And, and, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you know, like some guys don't have their, the, the hats are different. You you could put, like you said, in the, in the plaque, they describe that person. Exactly. You could say something like in, in a clouded era, he played. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So no, no, I get, I, I get that, but I do like the, you know, make moita a little bit and then then let them all in. And then, um, and then I, th- you know, the criteria for the hall of fame is odd because Ron Sano didn't make it in for 10, I think 10 different voting. The, the man passes away and then the veterans committee like that. He's yeah. in. 
if he wasn't good enough to be in the Hall of Fame when he was alive, why is he good enough yeah. to be when he's dead? Harold he Baines, right? Harold it, Baines, the same thing. Well, Harold Baines, there, there's rumors that, you know, he he got pushed in by the ownership committee of the White Sox. So, I, you know, I don't know. I thought Harold Baines was a good hitter, yeah. but – it's you know what's the hall of fame is the hall of fame greatness or is it really good or is it longevity you know yeah it's not really defined yeah you're right it is not and i think the people voting for it are not the people i would want voting for it but then i also don't have a better replacement so mm-hmm. yeah because if yeah. you like if you put it in the hands of their the players like maybe like it do they just vote their friends in or no, well, exactly. This guy was popular. Yeah. Does he go to the Hall of Fame? You know, and then you go to the Football Hall of Fame because, like, the baseball, they get like two or three guys going a year. Then you go to the Football Hall of Fame. There's like classes of ten or twelve guys going in the Hall of Fame, and so it's it's a larger group, but you know, there's still great players, yeah. and they get their whole head. They get the- yeah, they do <laughs> yeah. They, they get a bust and. I would, I would really suggest you go to the Hall of Fame. If I would love to. Chance. I would yeah. love to. I think it's Canton's not too far from Pittsburgh, so yeah. it might be a day trip. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hall of Fames, there's one noteworthy quarterback. Well, two noteworthy quarterbacks that retired this season. One of them is Ben Roethlisberger. Sure, great. One of them is Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and we have butted heads before because you have put Tom Brady below joe montana and i put john tom brady above joe montana and that is only for me because i only have seen tom brady play was joe montana's dominance like tom brady's dominance he didn't have the longevity i don't think anyone had the longevity back in at that time um he well if you look at his super bowl record you know, he's 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Kind of like Michael Jordan. He's 4-0 in the Super Bowl. I don't think he threw an interception in the Super Bowl. Um, I always get in arguments with people who say, oh, yeah, but he had Jerry Rice. Well, he didn't have Jerry Rice in his first Super Bowl. Um, well, you know, it was a different era. And that, it, that is true. It was a different era when he had to go up against guys like Wilbur Marshall. You know, guys would take his head off. You know, the Bears defense. Yeah. The, the Giants defense. Now, now, I'm not saying that, um, you know, Tom Brady's not one of the greatest of all time, but I didn't watch him the way I watched Montana because it was such a formative time. I watched Joe Montana play from when he was at Notre Dame through his whole pro career when he retired with Kansas City. And that was the that was the time when the, the most influence football had on me. Your most influential time has been probably the last 10 to 15 years. And that's when Tom Brady played. Right. So yeah, I my my putting him number one is um, probably because of the era he played in. Yeah. But yeah. he is not the best player I ever saw play football. The okay. goat to me is always going to be Walter Payton. Okay, that was going to be one of my next questions. Mm-hmm. So the greatest football player you've ever seen of all time, Walter Payton. Uh, Walter Payton. And um, and the thing is, I didn't see Gail Sayers. Gail Sears had a career that was really great, but it was like six years. Walter Payton had a career and he played on some bad football teams and did very, very bad football teams. He would, he would, you know, he would run 
he would pass, he would catch. He was the all, he could do everything. And he, he could take a pun. He was get he could take punishment. I remember one time they were playing against the Packers and this guy starts to run him out of bounds and he goes to push him over the bench. So Peyton grabs the guy by the face mask and goes, you're going to push me over the bench. I'm going to take you with me. And he took him over. And he would hit guys with such, he would hit the guy. He would punish the guy who was trying to hit him. Yeah. So, I mean, you've seen, like, you went, you've seen Walter Payton play football. Like, mm-hmm. Joe Montana play football. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan play basketball. Like, you've yeah. seen some very good people do very good things at their craft. So. Yes. Very difficult question time. Who is the best to ever do what it is that they did? In team sport? Yes. Any, like, the best individual guy that did his position or job or whatever the best in any aspect of anything that you have witnessed in sports? Not Julio Cruz. Um, it was Michael Jordan. Yeah. It was, he was, he was the best player in college. He came out of college. He was, he didn't have any, he wasn't playing with anyone. Can you name the three people that were drafted prior to Michael Jordan? Oh, it was, or was it two or three? It was was Bowie. It was Bowie. I think went right ahead of him. Well, I think it was Elijah. What was in the line? Was it a line? No, no. We might have to do a little. I'm going to do some research, but yeah. I think it was Bowie. And um, and because Clyde Drexler was taken the year before by Portland, they didn't go with um, they didn't they didn't choose Jordan, but he went number three, and it could have been it was a center. Um, yeah, it was. Um, but here we go. Uh, Akeem Elijahwan. There we go. Was uh, I believe he was number one. Here we go. Akeem Elijahwan, number one. And you can see why. Michael Jordan was number three. Charles Barkley was number five. I didn't know that Charles was in the same draft as Michael. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even show who the second guy was. There we go. Sam, Sam Bowie. Yeah. Sam Bowie. Yeah. yeah. He went to the and he got he got he had injuries. And yeah. injuries play a lot. Of, but I've never seen anyone come into the league. And he came in and he was commercially successful as well as physically successful. And then he hurt his leg, I want to say, second year. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was early. And he was out for a while. And then he came back in the playoffs. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to, you're right. It was against a good, a a great Boston team. And he just went off. They lost like three to one or something like that. But he just, that was kind of, he scored like 40 and 60. He scored 60 in one of the games. It yeah. was his arrival. To me, that was his arrival. And I think guys like Larry Bird probably saw it too and went, okay, we better win as much as we can See, now. Because yeah, that's once the thing. This guy with, gets a couple people around him. He's that's be the thing with Michael is like once he reached the top, he gave it to nobody. It was him and him alone. And he learned, he learned, he improved his outside shot so much. And then, he, and then they were playing against the Pistons. And, and I'm sorry, they were thugs. Um, they would beat, they would beat him down. They would beat the whole Bulls team down. So what does Michael Jordan do? He gets in and, uh, into the gym, starts lifting weights and stuff like that. And he, his body mass, if you look at pictures of him from when he started to, um, right. He got huge. 
He he just he got huge. And and the wildest thing was I went to a game his rookie season at the old Chicago Stadium. And then if you juxtapose that his last I went to his last season, the whole NBA changed in that time. Yeah. It was, it's amazing. Every way, everything they did from marketing the team to the, you know, to uh the songs they played, it was it was just a totally different brand. And yeah. he took it also to a level that he took it international. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he he very much brought the NBA to what it is. And, and I mean, on even on Sunday, like during the NBA All Star game, they're wearing Jordan branded jerseys. So exactly. he's every he's everywhere. He was everywhere. Exactly. And he didn't want the funny thing is he didn't want the the Nike deal. His mom said, "Well, go listen to him." Right? Yeah, and, he was yeah. going to go Adidas. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and the thing is too is you think that guys I, people like to give Barkley crap that he never won a championship, but you know why he didn't win a championship? Because of Michael he Jordan. Played, he played the same era exactly. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. I mean Akeem got one in '94, but that was when Michael wasn't playing basketball. Mm-hmm. It took Michael Jordan not playing basketball for Akeem to get one. It was it was the Lakers and Boston, and then there was a two year where the the pinhead the boneheads up in um, Detroit, Detroit won, yeah. and then once once Jordan played full seasons for the last six se- full seasons he played for the Bulls, he won championships. The last the last six seasons of his career because the Wizards don't count. Yeah, and and it, it, the city was. It was awesome. Yeah. It was like it was it was yeah. great. And, and my everywhere. yeah, my argument for the greatest of all time, like it's not an argument anymore because on Sunday, when they like LeBron James is introduced in his hometown, he gets an ovation, a, mm-hmm. a town that used to boo him because he left them twice. He abandoned mm-hmm. his hometown twice, and then. They come back and then he says he might play with his son in Cleveland or something. I don't know. He's trying to get his son a dra- like drafted, which yeah. which taking a like he's and I I don't know much about him. I know you probably don't either, but he's not like even the best player on his uh, high school team, Bronny mm. Junior. And his dad Think comes. About the, yeah, that pressure. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, so LeBron gets an ovation. Halftime rolls around. Michael Jordan walks out. The loudest ovation of the night because of mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Players, NBA All-Stars are in awe because they're in Michael Jordan's presence. Mm-hmm. And Michael comes up to him and starts talking to him. And uh, they, they're like, I don't even believe that he knows my name. <laughs> when LeBron comes up to you, it's like, what's up? Hey. How's it going? Anybody no. else? Hey, how's it going? Well, Michael I, comes up to you. Oh my God, you're Michael you got, Jordan. You got to, you know, LeBron gets a lot of heat because he's not Michael, but he's great. He's, yeah. he's a great basketball He's good. Player. He's in the he's in the Mount Rushmore, but there's just Michael's just the best there I ever saw play in team sport. There you go. And, and Tom, you know, you know, I do trail back a little bit to Tom Brady. Sure. I really started appreciating him once he got out from the underhand under the thumb of Darth uh, Vader there <laughs> in um, New England because he was more personable and likable down in Tampa. Yeah. And and you know what? And, he proved that he could go somewhere else and do it. And you know what? It wasn't for his lack of trying that no. last game. No. Because 
He brought him all he, the way back. He brought him all the way back. And to play like that into his 40s, and I have a feeling he could have played in another year or two yeah. at that top up because usually they get to a point and they, they're done. Yeah. They're done. And, yeah. um, and I, I, you got to give him all, you got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, so, so I would, he's definitely on the, the Mount Rushmore. It's just, it's just your perspective from when, when the game hit you, you yeah. know what I mean? When you got into the game. Right. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, this has been fantastic. This is everything oh, I wanted it to be and more. Yeah. Well, we'll tease him. I'll tell my um, Walter Payton story. One of these upcoming visits. Absolutely. So, uh, yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll tease him with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we will be having some baseball content coming up pretty soon. Ever again, maybe that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk again soon. And yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to getting warm out so we can get outside and you know, get to the old baseball field when yes. they're not. Yeah. There's college. I'm going already to I'm to a game at Northwestern this year. So. You have would, gone or you're going? No, I'm going to go to a game. My friend's son plays for um, St. Thomas of uh, Minnesota, and they're playing Northwestern. Oh. You're welcome to come with. It's I, in March. I, I love. <laughs> hey, I love a good baseball game. We will, <laughs> it's in March. We will talk about that because I might sounds, be. I might be interested. <laughs> sounds good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.